It's good to have you in the Lord's house today. We're in the midst of, of course, uh, vacation, and uh, we appreciate you who may be visiting with us today. And today, I want to talk about how to have a healthy soul. Now, I'm cognizant that all of us, we want to have a healthy body, but sometimes we forget that more important than our bodies is our soul. We're going to spend some place in eternity. It's important for us to have healthy souls. I want you to turn to 3 John. Now, sometimes you may have a problem finding 3 John, but if you go to the book of Revelation and go back to the left, you will find Jude, and it has about 25 verses. And the very next book is 3 John. John, the beloved disciple, uh, wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and he wrote the book of Revelation. You remember he was called the beloved disciples. He was a part of that inner circle that somehow seemed to spend more time with our Lord and Savior. The purpose of the Gospel of John is to demonstrate that Jesus indeed is the Messiah. He is the one that was sent from God to down the cross to shed his blood so you and I could have the forgiveness of our sins. And that is the reason, since the question is, who was really the man who hung on the cross? See, many people were killed by crucifixion, but only one was the Son of God. But that's the reason in the Gospel of John, you have Jesus keeps saying, and he had what is called the I am sayings. You remember in John 6, he said, I am the bread of life. In John 8, he said, I am the light of the world. In John 10, he said, I am the good shepherd. He also said in John 10, I am the door and then, of course, that great chapter 11, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And in John 14, he says with, with a real degree of specificity, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And now when you come to the first, second, and third books of John, these were written to churches. And in the one that is... Uh, on our, my heart today is 3 John, and he has written it to the church, but he addresses it to a particular person in the church, and his name is Gaius. So I want to read the four verses there, and I want to talk for a few minutes about having a healthy soul. He says, The elder to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Now, I want you to notice the times the word truth appears in these four, four verses. He said, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. What he is saying here, Gaius, I want you to have good health and I want you to have a good, healthy soul. And then he says in verse 3, It gave me great joy 
to have some brothers to come and tell me about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my dear children are walking in the truth. Let me also say parenthetically that there was another man in this church, and he's mentioned in verse 9, and I want to read it to you. He said, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So if I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, and this is what he's doing. He's gossiping maliciously about us, Not satisfied with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. And so we have two people in this little church to which he wrote. One is Gaius. He is a good man. He is a godly man. He wants to do the things of God. And then you got a man called Diotrephes, and he's a piece of work. In fact, I got to thinking about this this week, and... In my 50 years of being a pastor, I had one or two diatrophies to deal with. And I would think to myself, Lord, I love Jesus, but just let me hit him with a baseball bat. But that's not the way the Lord wants you to deal. But this was a problem. But our emphasis is on Gaius, not diatrophies. Every church is... God's church if it's rooted in the truth. I'm sure that all of you have heard this little poem. Uh, It says, to dwell above with saints we love, oh, that will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. (laughs) The truth of it is we all know that that resonates because Every church you go to, you have people who are trying to serve the Lord, they love the Lord, but at some point you will meet somebody that may be like diatrophies. Now let me say, I've been preaching here for about six or seven months, and I've not met one diatrophies. Now if you are one of those, don't tell me. Because, you see, I recognize that uh, none of us is perfect. But here we have this good man, John, who writes to the church. And he says, Gaius, I'm concerned about you. It may have been, commentators are not in agreement on this. But it may be that Gaius had some sort of physical problem. And, and John was concerned about his physical problems or uh, he could have just greeted him about his health. In the ancient world, it was very common to ask, well, how is your health? And we do that all the time, don't we? We, we want to know how you're feeling, how you're getting along, and particularly in my age group because, you know, it ain't what it used to be. But the point I'm trying to make is that the concern of John Regardless of the age of Gaius, he said, Gaius, I want you to be doing well physically, but I want you to be doing well spiritually. And that's the point that I want to get to today. You and I are living in different times and in different worlds. And if, if we, 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 
we, we go to the doctor because we want to be healthy spiritually, but it just doesn't happen. If we go to the doctor and he finds that we have blood pressure problems, he gives us medicine, or if there's some other need, uh, he will prescribe or refer us, you see, because we are concerned about our physical well-being. Would to the Lord that we who are God's people would be equally concerned about our spiritual health. And so today I want us to think about how do we have a healthy soul as a Christian for a long, long time, particularly as I have reached a, a certain age, my prayer for me has been, Lord, as I have tried to serve you, I, I want to finish well. I want to love you and serve you and to be as Christ-like as I know how to be on the last day of my life. Folks, I've known people who have served the Lord for years and then something happens and they stray away and what they used to be for God, they never have been since then. It's a sad thing because you see, it is true that we seem to be more concerned about our physical well-being than our spiritual well-being. And so I want to say to you that if, if we're going to have healthy souls, we must be determined to do that. And what I mean by that is that just as we are concerned about our physical health and we do certain things to try to add to that physical health, there also are things that we must do for spiritual health. It just does not come automatically. In fact, the purpose of our spiritual health is what? Is to reflect who Jesus Christ. Folks, the Lord did not save us just so that we could die and go to heaven. The Lord left the church so that it, we, the, the church may be his witnesses on earth because the world does not know Jesus Christ. The whole world was lost in the sin, blackness of sin, but the light of the world is Jesus. And the purpose of the church is to be the witness that God wants us to be to be salt and to be light and to be leaven and to represent Him. 99.9% of the people that you see next week will not be regular Bible readers. But if we are Christians and if they look at us and if they see that we are not just nibbling around the edges of what it means to be legitimately and authentically Christian, they will see in our lives our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. You see, the purpose of a watch is one thing. It's to tell time. I paid $19 for this watch. Bought it at Walmart. I'm a Walmart shopper. People on television, they make fun of Walmart shoppers, but I like Walmart. I could have paid a lot more. You can buy a watch at Walmart for $19 or you can buy a Rolex and spend maybe 
$10,000, but the purpose of a watch is the same. Do you get where I'm going? The point I'm trying to make is, is that a car, you can get one for maybe $10,000, or you can buy a Bentley and pay $400,000. But the purpose of a car, like a watch is to tell time, the purpose of a car is to get you from point A to point B. You see the point? The purpose of a Christian is to be a witness to a lost and dying world. That's the reason that the church was given that great commission that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses and what God is looking for are his witnesses with healthy souls who desire to reflect what it really means to be a serious Christian. I don't mean going around and jabbing a track up everybody's nose. I don't mean that. But I do believe that in our lives and in our general intercourse in our communities, as we talk to people, as we go to wherever it is we go during the week, that we might seek to live a life that is glorifying to Jesus Christ. That's what he is saying here to Gaius. He says, Gaius, he says, I, I pray that you might enjoy good health, physical health, and that you may go, and it may go well with you. In fact, in the New American Standard Version, this, in fact, this, that's the Bible that I preached uh, out of for, I don't know, a long time. He says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. And so my question today, would you say where you are today, would I say where I am today that, that, that I want a prosperous soul, I want a healthy soul, I want a soul that when people see the life I live, by the way, there, I think there are basically two ways that, that people read us as Christians. First of all, the way we talk. And I want you to sit up real straight and smile and not be mad at me. But it bothers me that sometimes Christian folk think it's all right to pepper their language with little cuss words. It drives me up the wall, to be honest with you. And I believe that, and I've heard people say, well, you know, it's just kind of habit I get into. Well, you ought to ask God to deliver you from that habit because the Bible says, only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Jesus Christ. Folks, we ought to be careful how we talk. Because we may be talking to someone is getting ready to step from time into eternity. And if we're talking in a manner that is not reflective of what a Christian ought to be, then we may cause them to step out in eternity unprepared to meet God. Amen? And then the second thing is people look at us and read us in terms of our spiritual health not only the way we talk, but the way we walk. And by the way, that word in Greek is peripateo. It means just how I conduct my life, how, how I walk around. When I go to 
the food market or when I go to visit somebody or if I'm in the library and I'm checking out a book, it means that the way I live my life, people watch us. They look at us. And, 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 and they want to see people who take their faith seriously. I cannot tell you the number of times as I have gone out and visited somebody maybe uh, that I was trying to witness to or maybe they visited uh, the church that I served and, and I would begin to witness to them and they would bring up some member in our church that did not have a healthy soul. You see where I'm going? Well, preacher, I'm as good as that person that comes every Sunday to your church. And the truth of that is probably true. You see, we, we need to be not only concerned about our physical health, but we ought to have a, 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 a soul that is healthy, that is prosperous. It's nothing wrong with prospering financially. I, I'm not into this prosperity gospel. I mean, I... I don't believe that is the gospel. Some of, some of those preachers, you know, they, 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 they get on TV and they, they said, I, 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 I want to pray about getting a, Le- a Learjet. And if you'll send $100, God will bless you. And if you'll send $1,000, you'll get 10 times the blessing. That is not the gospel. And we who are the people of God need to know what the truth is, and I'm going to get to that just in a minute, but we must understand that we must have a purpose. Our purpose in this life is just not to live and die and then go to heaven. No, we are to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. And there's a process, and that the process is, is what uh, John is talking about here. Uh, I don't know if you counted the number of times. I think I counted correctly. The word truth is mentioned four times in verses 2, 3, and 4. He says, I, he says uh, in verse 3, It gives me great joy to have some brothers to come and tell me your faithfulness to the truth. And then he says, And that you continue to walk in the truth. And I have great joy to hear that my children are walking in the truth. The point I'm trying to make today, folks, that that we who are the people of God, we need to believe that God's truth is God's truth. Politics may change. The economy may change. The situation in the world may change. But heaven and earth will pass away but his word will remain forever. This is God's truth. And you're going to be calling a preacher sometime in the future, maybe not too long. You can be sure that he is a man that is rooted in preaching the word of God as God's truth. It doesn't change. Folks, the Ten Commandments are still in operation. We can take them out of the courthouse, but it's still better to live in a community. I got to thinking about that this week. What if in Franklin County, beginning today for the next year, no one stole anything? Well, it puts security companies out of business, wouldn't it? 
and people who put locks on the doors, they'd have to go out of business. If nobody would steal anything, wouldn't it be a wonderful world? And see, when God gave the Ten Commandments and Jesus repeated about six of them, the Ten Commandments are forever. They are eternal. It is God's truth. It is always wrong to commit adultery. It is always wrong to kill. It is always wrong to steal. It is wrong to lie. This is the truth of God. That's the reason John is bearing down on this matter of truth. You see, we're living in a time where we hear things like moral relativism or we or 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 or, or postmodernism or secular humanism. All of those are kind of political, philosophical movements, but they have one thing in common. They do not believe that truth according to the Word of God is true. Oh, it may be good for you Baptists, but we have a different view. Or it may be true for you Christians, but we have a different truth. Folks, I'm old-fashioned, I know this, but with all my heart, On my dying day, I will believe that God's truth is good. Something else I've got thinking about this week, you know. Dangerous to do a lot of thinking. But we're living in 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 an unusual time. We're living in a time that even on TV, they're talking about that, 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 that Christians are being persecuted. I know they're being persecuted in Uganda. I know they're being persecuted in Nigeria. I, I know, but they're talking about even now that things are happening at certain levels when it is unpopular to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And one way I can illustrate that, and I want you to wait till I get through with my illustration before you think I'm crazy. In the last 10 or 15 years, I believe animals have gotten more rights than human beings. Now, I want to say, where I live, we have squirrels, turkeys, rabbits, and groundhogs. And sometimes a turkey will walk across, and I'm in my car, I slow down, I let that turkey pass. I'll have a a little squirrel. You know how squirrels, they'll run right in the middle of the road and stop. And and I will stop unless there's a bunch of, you know, I'm going to stop. I I like squirrels. I like turkey. Now, the groundhog, I don't feel the same way about. So I I believe pets are important, and I don't want you to think I'm anti-pet, but folks, we're living in a time when animals seem to have more rights than human beings. And let me give you an illustration. There was a man, I think it was in California, but it could have been someplace else, maybe Texas. And I read this. And, it, and, and he had, his cat had a litter of kittens, and he killed them. And he got 12 years in prison for killing the kittens. Now, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been punished, and I'm not for killing kittens, so don't you think I am but don't bring any to my house. I don't like cats. Uh, The day, now this is a true story, the day he started 
his first day in prison, a woman was sentenced to two and a half years for killing her child. Now, the point I'm trying to make is, folks, we are living when everything is upside down. I'm, I'm for treating animals humanely. But, folks, I believe that it's wrong to kill children. I believe even in the womb, life is sacred. And we can change the law and we can argue politics, but the, law, the, the, the word of God remains forever. Let us from every pulpit proclaim this is God's word. And that's the reason in order to have a healthy soul, we're going to have to be wedded to reading the Word of God. Oh, I don't know how long I will preach here, but if I, could, if I could say anything to you, I would say to you that you're not going to have a healthy soul unless you spend some time reading the Word of God. Folks, every day, every day, I, I spend time in God's Word. I, I've spent a lot of years studying it, but I need to be fed the Word of God. And if we're going to be having a healthy soul, we've got to have some discipline in our lives. I think today is the last day of the Wimbledon. And, and uh, in fact, they're playing on TV. And don't y'all watch it on your telephone. They're playing right now. And I think it started off with 64. Every one of those tennis players even the ones that lost in the first round disciplined their lives and they, they'll talk about how hard they work to be good tennis players. It takes work. Why do we not understand if we're going to be healthy spiritually that it's not going to take some discipline in our own lives? I remember many years ago reading where this professional golfer, uh, he was playing with a friend. His, he was kind of a duffer. And, and, and the duffer golfer, the one who just did it occasionally, he said to his professional friend, he said, you seem to be so lucky when you hit that golf ball. He said, yeah, I noticed something. The more I practice, the luckier I get. And folks, I tell you, the more we take time to discipline ourselves. In fact, I have a biblical verse for that. I'm just not up here whistling Dixie. Uh, the, 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 he, he, the, Paul said to young Timothy, Timothy was a man he was training, and he said to Timothy, he said, you need to discipline yourselves, yourself for the purpose of godliness. I don't... I don't know if I'm a godly person, but I want to be a godly person. I want to be a serious Christian. I want to be somebody when I go to a place that I will not use language that is offensive to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible tells us that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and I don't want to go anywhere or do anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Folks, if we're going to have healthy souls and healthy spirits, 
it's going to take some discipline. We're going to have to get rid of some things, and then we're going to have to start doing some things. Paul said, Timothy, you need to understand you must discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. I know I don't sound like a Baptist at times, and, and I recognize that, but, but with all my heart, I, I believe this thing of being a Christian it's important. I mean, it's important. We're all sinners. I'm a sinner. And I sin against the Lord. And I ask for forgiveness. But I believe with all of my heart where you and I spend eternity is important. Folks, eternity is a long time. And I'm wondering today, am I talking to somebody who You've never taken Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe uh, we're going to we hope to have a baptismal service. We've got a couple of young ladies that have given their heart to Jesus Christ. And, and I know I'm not the regular pastor, but if we can work it out, we're going to have us a baptismal service. And, and, and the point I'm trying to make here is that maybe you're here and you've taken Christ as your Savior and you do know Him and you believe that your sins have been forgiven, you need to be obedient and follow the Lord in baptism. Or maybe you're here today and, and, and as, a, as a person, you don't know for sure that if you were to have your last breath today that you'd go into the presence of the Lord. You can be sure. John in the first letter said, these things have I written unto you that you may believe and that you may know that you have eternal life. Thank God that we can know if our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to say, I hope so. But if we are followers of the truth and we are rooted in the truth and we believe the word of God and to the best of our ability, we are trying to live the truth. Are we going to make mistakes? Of course. But then it says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Thank God He forgives us. But oh, folks, we need to be serious. We're living in serious times. God's truth is not out of touch. It's relevant. I'll, I got to land this plane, but I, um, <clears throat> this probably been 35, 40 years ago. This lady didn't come to our church, and I don't know how she got my name, and I would have people to come to me for counseling, and, and uh, she, would, she and her husband having trouble, and of course, there's certain questions you ask, and, and so one of them is a normal question. I says, ma'am, uh, wh 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 where do you and your husband attend church? Well, we, we don't go to church. She said, we just never could find a preacher who was with it. You, you know what I said to her? I said, young lady, you're looking at a preacher who's with it because I know what God's up to. Folks, we're, we're living in crazy times. 
And I don't know what's going on. I talked to a dear brother in Christ the other day, ran into him in the library, and, and we got to talking. He said, you know, we may be under the judgment of God. I, I don't know. I don't know how things are going to happen in the next five years. There's a, a tender place in my heart for you who have young children. The world that they're growing up in is their enemy. The devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants to destroy your precious children. That's the reason John was so tickled with Gaius. He was a man that was rooted in the truth. And the truth of God's word will always be true. And Maybe today the truth of the matter is that you have never surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe today you have never before confessed, Lord, I'm a sinner, and you died on the cross, and I believe that was sufficient, and it said, I surrender my life to you, and I invite you to come in and be the, my Savior and my Lord. And if you're here today, I would invite you to do that. Or if you're here today and you're looking for a, a good church, this is not a perfect church, but this is a good church. And you'll be happy here. Or maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm not sure my soul is healthy. You have to discipline yourself. You have to pray. You have to read God's word. You have to worship. You have to be thankful there. There's a process you go by. Like the golfer said, you had to practice. The tennis players, I have to work hard. Why should we not discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. and I thank you, Lord, that your word is true. And I believe it brings joy to your heart when our hearts desire, our heart's desire is to walk in the truth. Lord, you said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And so, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us today. And I make this prayer in the name of that is above every name, the name of the one who hung on Calvary's cross and shed his blood. Oh, Father, speak to our hearts, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Brother Fred's